podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Celtic hits St Johnson for seven, Matt O'Reilly scores the team goal of the century and Kyogo Furuhashi makes his long-awaited return at Celtic Park. There's a lot to love about this Celtic side just now and Ange Postacoglu has his absolutely flying, with all attention now turning to this weekend's semi-final at Hamden and the chance to take one step closer to what would be an incredible treble. This is episode 64 of the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino and this week I'm joined by Miff and Parry to cover all things Celtic. Miff, seven goals, six different goal scorers at the weekend, what one was your favourite? Uh, hello Tino, hello Paddy, hello guys um, My favourite Has to be O'Reilly's goal um, Although honourable mention to Hattati's goal Due to the, the set up for Greg Taylor Yeah, I know, you, I know you wouldn't miss the opportunity to give that boy credit um, Paddy, I just talked about peaking just at the right time of the season And we're doing exactly that, aren't we? Absolutely, he's been saying it for quite a, a few weeks That he was still waiting in that coming And if this is it starting to happen now Then perfect timing, eh? Absolutely brilliant on Saturday yeah, so Saturday it was Celtic's 33rd league game of the season and our last game before the split. We've got the fixtures now, we'll get to that a wee bit later on in the show. Second bottom St Johnson with the visitors and the last thing Callum Davidson will have wanted is conceding that early goal. Yeah, one of those ones with Callum Davidson, I actually listened to his post-match comments. Um, I kind of think that was one's just like damage limitation, albeit they concede the seven, but maybe just more just watching you know, looking at the next five games that they've got coming up, they're going to have more of a chance than what they are against ourselves. So I I don't think they'll read too much into it. I actually still think that Johnson have still got a good chance of being being safe, even from the playoff. You can um, see you can see how poor St Myrna just now. I know there's a bit of gap, I think there's maybe six points between the two, but you yeah. wouldn't bet against St Johnson turning on a wee bit of form. I think so. Particularly against that bottom half who've now got nothing to play for, no European motivation. So a lot of them will just be playing out their fixtures. Well, that, that's a good thing about the, the, the league split, is that when the league's close it creates almost like a six pointer situation every other week so it won't take much for the games to mean something um, between the teams fighting relegation with St Johnson just to touch on what Paddy said there Davidson seemed to pretty much say that at the end of the game that kind of rested some players think of the next five games to come this, this isn't our fight so uh, interesting um, but I think you could see fairly on a combination of both the fact that Celtic were up for it and St Johnson were a bit spooked. Yeah. I think so. And I think a lot of teams have realised that if you can maybe keep Celtic, you know, at bay till maybe half time and a bit beyond, it can get a wee bit nervy. There was just no chance of that happening on Saturday. You could see from a very early stage, several guys were on it. Least of all, Dyson in Maeda. We covered them in, in great detail last week, and I feel we'll just be covering old ground again, so we won't labour too much. But uh, the guy's just a phenomenon. Phenomenon. He's a few to But he's some guy. Well, I think no matter how much ground we cover on him, it won't be as much as he covers on yeah. a football part. That's a good one. I like that, mate. Well how long, done. How long you kept that in your pocket? On, come on. Uh, for the audio listeners, I was cutting my fingers. <laughs> um, no, I, I think um, with, with Maeda, he just is. You can see why a Ange was so protective of him at the start because it was you know he felt it was fairly ridiculous. The fact he'd had such a disrupted start to his Celtic career because it was. He was in just off the point, scored a goal, then he was back away back in point for Japan again. You know, there, there was a lot of disruption around the start and also, you know, Angie's teams, their identity is to, to press the ball high up the park. 
saw it from a bad at Ireland the season who was a really good exponent of it and I think Maeda just takes it to a different level and how much it disrupts the opposition team try, try to build the play for the back it's just the work rate is like you say phenomenal you know mm-hmm. and it's great to have a guy in a Celtic team who's willing to work so hard who can do it so effectively but also have quality when it comes to you know you don't want another dare I say like Kenny Miller type situation where somebody grafts hard working down the channels but there's no end product to it mm-hmm. what you see with Maeda is he's constantly making those runs and looking dangerous and effective in the box as well yeah that said Paddy there's no doubt that his technique his technical skills his, his first touch at times and different things aren't the absolute you know high point of his game it's that energy that work rate that intelligence that he shows as well and I just think there's no doubt that the work he puts in when in possession and when out of possession uh, for Celtic it just makes such a huge difference to how the, the whole field opens up for, for his teammates Absolutely and I think you, you see the ball that um, Kyogo played in for him uh, for the seventh goal to lead into Abada it's not the greatest of touches from him but it's the run that he makes it, it, it creates the goal um, straight away it's a great ball from, from Kyogo one thing about uh, Maeda for me is that if he has that bad touch he's quick enough to get the second one you know he's quick enough to get the second ball I don't think it's too much of an issue uh, on that sense and what we're always talking at the beginning of the season the first few months like once our players get up to speed and able to read Kyogo's runs then it's going to be something frightening we've just seen what Kyogo is aware of on on Saturday Mm -hmm. a ball like that through just caught St Johnson out I wonder how many teams are going to do that against with the two of them. Yeah, and I'm going to cover that a wee bit later on. You've kind of you've jumped right. ahead, Paddy. Okay, mate. I really should share these notes with you pre, <laughs> pre-recording. Um, because Kyogo, Kyogo has only now just uh, played, what, 15 minutes or so with Maeda uh, on Saturday and Matt O'Reilly. And a question for later on is, you know, sometimes this season Kyogo has been making the brilliant runs and nobody's found him. I wonder if O'Reilly is the guy to find them. So we'll maybe we'll get to that cool. in a wee bit more detail. Uh, Maff, I know you love a stat, so I'm going to give you some for the weekend. Some incredible stats from Please Saturday. Uh, possession stats, first of all, 84% to 16. Uh, 23 goal attempts versus their one. Zero saves for Joe Hart, which isn't the first thing this season as well. Zero saves at Celtic Park. And an incredible 894 completed passes. I'm not overly big on Opta stats and different things, but I believe that's one of the highest ever recorded domestically. I also believe in zero broken bottles in the pitch as well. Zero, <laughs> yeah. There's always next week. Impressive start. Impressive we'll see start. how that goes. Uh, however, none of these stats matter unless you're winning games and scoring goals. But of course, if you had in the important start from Saturday, a 7-0 win, then it all becomes very clear that Angie's found a formula here, Paddy, and it's it's absolutely working. Well, it's kind of what we were talking about again as well. It's, it, we're now at a point where players are coming in and out of the team week in, week out. And you're not noticing it. You're not noticing the difference in the sense that there's no disruption to the play. They're all kind of playing off the same hymn sheet, and it's it's great to see. It's 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 just it's exciting. As I always keep saying on the show, if we go, if we go and win this league, which is looking very likely, to get these players in for a full pre-season with additions to it, I I I, I said it a few weeks ago. It'll be twenty points plus for me next season. Honestly, I, I can just win those years. I, I really see. believe that. Let's get this one out the road I'm first. Paddy. I'm telling you, hey, come on, <laughs> flying out of traps tonight. Straight yeah. away, straight away. Only two drinks of my coffee. Um, <laughs> it's a valid point to an extent, though, Muff. You know, much of what Paddy's saying there, it is so exciting just now. And with each passing, you know, passing week, passing game, passing training session, it's only going to get better. Well, I think the thing, the first thing is that when I really come off the bench, I think he's actually getting better looking. Mm-hmm. He is just smouldering, isn't he? 
Impossible. I absolutely smoked him. And uh, what I loved about his first goal was it actually looks like a badass scored an overhead kick. It's <laughs> just the way the two of them kind of <laughs> run at the same time. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a lovely thought to think that the team is only going to get better. And, and Ange, in fairness, has been fairly consistent in saying that, judge me, next season, I think he feels like anything he does this season is a bit of a bonus. Already got a trophy in the cabinet. And the way that we're playing at a crucial point of the, the year is is really promising. But as much as I'm getting excited about the way that we're playing, I, I really can't take my attention away for, for this year. Next year will be next year. I'll, I'll be happy when, when it comes round. Hopefully we'll, we'll strengthen in the right areas. Uh, that, for me, would be um, another centre-half um, just to give genuine competition to Starfield and Carter Vickers because I don't believe Julian is at the moment, whether that's due to fitness or, or whether Ange just doesn't fancy him. But it'd be hard to make a judgement on him by the fact that he's not played. Yeah. Um, and also in the in the full-back areas as well, particularly left-back, just to give Taylor a, a bit more competition because skills obviously isn't ready because he's barely featured. So mm-hmm. th- those would be the areas I would see as predominantly um, strengthening and possibly even another striker. Yeah, I think you might well be right. I mean, very interestingly, 12 of the 16 players involved in Saturday were Ange signings. I think that's incredible they've buried them in so well. It's not just like we've got 12 guys in, sometimes we win, sometimes we, we don't, sometimes we don't play well. It's all just clicked together. And, you know, the only guys that were there from last season, then from on Saturday, Greg Taylor, Callum McGregor, Tom Rodgers, David Turnbull, 12 others have come in and not just played a part, but they're impressing week on week. They, they really are. Um, it's amazing how quickly they have settled, just like you've said there, Dino. Um, you don't see that a lot in football. In that short space of time, you, you you don't really see players hitting the ground running and putting up putting up a, an incredible fight this season to go and try and win in all all competitions possible. It's been it's been great to watch. We've we've lived through every minute of this season because we've always known that it's been a rebuild year. But to get to where we are just now is nothing short of incredible. It's yeah. excellent. And I think as Miff's leaned towards, there's no doubt that Ange doesn't get to rest on his laurels. There's never a you know, you just stand back and admire what you've done. There's always an improvement with everything you're doing, whether that's some of the back-end stuff, some of the coaching, some of the analysis. And you better believe he's going to add to the squad and improve on what's already a, a pretty strong team there. So that and the ongoing improvement of the existing players will be very exciting. Well, you only have to look at the start of last season and the recruitment on paper looked good because it, it was in the areas we needed strengthening. Um, the signings looked pretty strong in terms of tried and tested internationals. Barkas, Ajeti, Duffy all coming in and it didn't work. The balance wasn't right. You could argue we didn't adapt very well to the whole COVID situation that, that compounded it as well. Um, but then you look again what's happened this season. Biggest irony of the lot is I think Rangers have actually made the exact mistakes that, that we made in, in terms of probably resting in their laurels a tad and not recruiting properly. So I think what we have to do is make sure that we, you know, we do our very best to get that right again so that it does strengthen the team and not do what Celtic tend to do from a position of strength was a couple of big players and not adequately replace them. On that one though, I would say that a big factor for me that makes me think that we won't do that is that the board and Ange themselves are surely looking at the two legs with Bodo and basically saying, well, that, that's a yep. level we need to get to. Yep. But without a, Considering the money we have in comparison to what Bodo have, that is definitely a level that is achievable. So, I, I, The more I see it, the more I think that was just 
we had two of our worst games of the season just that happened to be against the same opposition within the space of a week. I think it's just it's one. I'm not sure they're they're as good as we necessarily built them up or made them look to be. I don't know. The run the run continuing in that tournament would suggest otherwise for me. Yeah. They beat uh, Roma last week, so for for me, I just think they're just a, a very well set up unit, and I think something they aspire to. Yeah, I think overall um, that result. Unpleasant as it was at the time for Celtic, I think it's turned out to be a real blessing. I think there's no doubt having this extra space this week being a great example. We've now got actually eight days, so we play on Saturday and not again till Sunday coming. Eight days to prepare for a, a league, uh, sorry, a Scottish Cup semi-final. Rangers have got the they might you know they will argue welcome distraction of Thursday night, but that is a tough game for them and that will really play its part. In addition, I think it's a great point, Paddy, that and will turn round to the board and say, listen, domestic stuff. You can see all the progress but we're not ready for that European stuff yet. To compete on four fronts is very tough to do for any team mm-hmm. at any time. And I think Angie's saying, listen, I've got a decent squad just now. I need more. I need better. And he seems to have an excellent relationship with Michael Nicholson and you know the guys behind the scenes. And I think he'll be able to reference the Bodo game to say, I need a bit more off you guys. And I don't think there's any doubt that he'll get that support in the summer. Agreed. Um, for me just now, though, I think, you know, obviously... We are still pushing to try and win the league here. As, as I say, it's looking lightly. I've just I wait till we've done it. The Scottish Cup is something that I think that you know definitely winnable for us. I just love us to see is maybe just try and push and just tie hands down the now as well, just to to make sure we are just confident and we're going straight into the summer and just getting ourselves ready. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be against that at all. I think he was asked last week uh, around about the time of the Dermot Desmond interview and he was saying he's more than happy just now the way things are going and just to focus. He seems a man of his word as well. And now, don't get me wrong. Unless you've got something tied up in writing, you never know, especially in football. But I think he seems quite happy. So we'll see how that goes. Um, big, big plus from Saturday, the return of Kyogo Furuhashimov. Uh, we last saw him, ironically, against St Johnson as well. That was on Boxing Day. So 26th of December and what was Saturday? The 9th of April. So a long time to wait for a guy like that to return. He received a huge applause, uh, as you'll have been part of, in the 74th minute. Very interesting that when you seen him take the zipper off and you knew he was ready to go, you were just desperate for the ball to go out. And it wouldn't go out, and it wouldn't go out, and it went to him, and it went to him, and it went to him. And then Matt really bangs it in for whatever it was, 6-0. Nice way to put the ball out of play if you want to look at it like that. But he eventually does come on, as I say, 74th minute, and what a response, and just amazing to have him back. Yes, and to, to think of the burden that he carried, you know, as much as you look at the recent form of the team, and you, you look at guys like Maeda that have come in and hit the ground running, Hatati. You have to remember that we wouldn't even be in the fight if it wasn't for Kyogo. Yeah. Um, you know, he pretty much single-handedly dragged us through the start of the season when we, when we were in the mud. So, um, great to have him back and, and just so exciting to see what sort of partnerships he'll build with the, with the new guys that have come in because he's, he's barely had a chance to play with them. So, um, yeah, bring it on. Yeah. Paddy, you mentioned uh, he obviously played his part with the, the seventh goal and it's not the, the stuff you're used to seeing. He's usually on the other end of it, but just a huge boost to have him involved, isn't it? Absolutely. And it was one of those ones like the noise of the stadium, just when he approached the, the, the byline, you're just, sorry, the touchline, you're just like, I can't remember. It, it kind of reminded me when, when Larson came on for like the, the return for the leg break, just that the whole stadium just erupted at it. It was kind of, resemblance of that and I just thought yeah we've got a special player there and I think the fans know that and you're spot on with that as well Miff he, he did carry us an awful lot in the first few months of the season um, what a time to come back though eh? it's a great run in for us perfect Miff just when Paddy was referencing Larson you'll have remembered George Cadetti coming on were you there that night? 
against Aberdeen. Yeah, five nil. No, because it was on the tail. I was watching it. Tail. Some kind of Wednesday night, uh, nineteen ninety-seven ish. George Gretti comes on after much nonsense from the SFA in terms yeah. of his registration. But I was actually, I was actually at the part. Was it the Partick game where he get um, paraded? Was it Partick they were playing? Maybe. Yeah. I thought I, th- I was. I was at that game, but I wasn't at the game he made his debut because yeah. he came and goes, "Go, you Celtics!" <laughs> <laughs> but he nearly took the roof off that night against Aberdeen, and I think just you know similar vibes when. Oh, what a finish! Oh, what a, what a player! What ah, brilliant! We had him for, for too little time. If, yep. but we'll not dwell on that. We've now got Kyogo, <laughs> so let's enjoy the moments. Um, good quote here from Matt O'Reilly. So he says, "I've only trained with Kyogo a couple of times. I'd heard from everyone else how good he was, but you really notice it when you're with him every day. The sharpness of his mo- sharpness of his movement isn't something I've seen before. He always knows where to be, and that was what I was referencing earlier on, Paddy. It's really exciting to see that we're now approaching this, you know, final." hopefully seven games of the season that we've still got to play and to have the potential of O'Reilly's and Kyogo's and Maeda's all to link up. He's not played with Hatati for even a minute yet. That's a very exciting prospect. It really is. Um, I think that we've also, like kind of what I was saying earlier, just in the sense that we can ro- happily rotate and be comfortable with whoever's coming in. They're going to come in and do the job and it's just keeping those good, like those players all fresh. Everyone's going to be remaining fresh for the remainder of the season. Um, I think there's a big push from us on on Sunday for this game, I think it's going to be a very difficult one. But we can give everything in it, knowing that, you know, that there's going to be a squad quite happily ready for the next one. And I just feel that it's a good place that we're in. Uh, you're, you're 24, 25 players all ready to go. That's a great position to be in coming into the final games of the season. Absolutely. Are you excited to see Kyogo link up with his countrymen? Absolutely. I'm excited to see him link up with, with the likes of Riley as well. I, I, I just, it, it's just came at a really good time gives the squad a boost just on the note everybody being fresh what's the update or has there been a bulletin on Jacomacus yet not heard anything yet nothing yet no um, because that that would be a blow just given that he he gives us that something different that, that physical presence up front but again Kyogo coming back given how much of a talisman he was for us in the start of the season it would just be great for him to come back and finish a job I think I think he's he's earned that. You know, he, he would deserve that given his efforts in, at the beginning of the season. And I think what we have seen from him, we've seen that quality from him not only in the SPL, but we saw it in the Europa League as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we know he can do it on the big stage. We've seen it in the, the cup final as well. He can do it on the big stage on the big occasion. So that just makes it even more exciting because that that's the arena that he's coming back yeah. into when when things are going to be decided. Yeah, we'll get to the Rangers game and the the potential lineups, but there's. There's no doubt that Jack Amakis being injured is a blow. It would look unlikely that he's going to make it, given the nature of it. It looks to be a hamstring injury, so he's limped off after, I think, 22-odd minutes just after his goal. A brilliant finish, by the way. Yes. That's Larson-esque, that That's, kind of angle. Yeah. Really impressive. And he's just he found form at the right time for us as well. I think he's got 13 goals in total for the club, 12 of them coming in 2022. It would be a cruel blow to him, Paddy, if we lost him at this crucial stage. It really would be. Um, a lot were saying, like, who do you... Do you drop him uh, for for obviously Kyogo coming back? And the argument for me was no. Um, the reason being, he's he's definitely earned his place. And I think that for someone like Kyogo getting up to match match speed again, um, I wouldn't have minded Kyogo being in and out of the team. It's maybe looking like he's probably have to, going to have to come back in and maybe start starting a few games. But again, he's, he's not going to have to play full 90 minutes because you can easily move Maeda into the middle, have a bad on the left, a jot on the left, and, and vice versa, you know, it... This is the depth we've got now, and this is where it, it starts to starts to show that we've look the the base of the recruitment has worked so well for us this season. 
It definitely has. I also think just as you're talking there, the five subs thing is a a huge and I, I might even say unfair advantage to be honest with you for a club like Celtic and, and maybe even Rangers with their resources, whatever their resources are at this moment in time. But for us to be able to bring on five players and it's not just five guys like on you go and get a wee 20 minutes and, and you'll do just fine. You're replacing really good player with really good player and you don't see any drop in quality. And actually it's maybe even the reverse of that. You're seeing an increase because you've got Matt O'Reilly, for example, comes in at half time for Rodgers. They two have been vying for position and O'Reilly says, I'll, I'll show you why I should be starting games and comes in and then, you know, scores his goals, has a brilliant game and he'll be in the reckoning now for Saturday. So, or for Sunday, sorry. So it's such a, a huge advantage to be able to bring on like for like at this stage in the season. Oh, no, absolutely. And I, I actually take your point in terms of it being seen as a potential advantage for, for Celtic given the depth that they've got in their squad. But, you know, the end of the day, the rules are the rules. And uh, as long as they're there, we just adhere to them and, and, and reap that advantage. The the thing about somebody like O'Reilly, um, having somebody like O'Reilly on the bench, is not all players are suited to coming off the bench. Um, what, what seems to quite remarkable to me is the, the squad seems so interchangeable even during games that they're coming on and hitting and sometimes surpassing the level of the person that they've they've replaced they're doing that consistently which I just think is remarkable and says a lot about the harmony in the squad and, and just the kind of culture that, that Ange is, is creating Yeah I mean you see as well you know of the seven goals am I right in saying three of them were from subs so two O'Reilly one Abada mm-hmm. is that about right? Yeah So it's a huge impact they're not just coming on and playing out the game and just seeing out the, the three, four, now one whatever it is they're coming in and they're saying and I'm going to make an impact and the energy and enthusiasm in the last three, four, five minutes is incredible. Any other team would down tools and say, job done, sun shining, let's get up the road at 7-0. Celtic are trying to get eight. And at one point you've seen Kyogo furious that he never got a cutback from Abada. But has had a good chance and you could maybe argue that he's, he's and his rights to have a go at it. The alternative would have been to cut it back for Kyogo who'd have tapped it away. And he was desperate to get his goal, but it just shows... No hard feelings after the game, of course. I'm sure they're best, but yeah. still. But it just shows the the enthusiasm, the application and the energy from start to finish at this moment in time. It's great. Um, I mentioned to you earlier on the day, you know, I, I watched the badder wheeling away after he scored. And just the celebration for a seventh goal, you know, it was just, it was very much a, let's, let's do this, let's yeah. keep going here. It was um, aggression within it. And I think that's more of the fact that, you know, he's not started as much of late, yeah. but... He's, he's there, he's, he's ready to yep. go and what a contribution he's given this season as well and that's that's brilliant, everyone's hungry everyone's very hungry for this team it's great to see 15th goal of the season for a badder, it's some return for a winger Amazing Excellent and and again, um, going back to the, the Mitchell game which I think was the first game I was, I was back at it was the first game I pulled tickets for because it was still um, limited capacity at that time um, a badder's performance that night was a was a shining light in, in what was a fairly drab pre-season at the time um, and pretty much in his, his first competitive game he's popped up with a really important goal in the context of that game at yeah, least anyway yeah. and he's just continued on for there um, probably feels he should have put the game beyond Rangers at Ibrox I think that's maybe where the celebrations came for there Paddy I think he probably felt that maybe, he should yeah. have taken at least one of the two chances that he was presented with mm-hmm. um, but the, the great thing, as I've said before, about Abada is just he seems not to let anything affect him and just moves on. That, and I think it's, you know, I think it's symptomatic of the of the mentality and the squad that we've referenced. They are relentless. They are, you know, driven. 
it's just great to see. It's great to see that drive and determination instilled within them. And there's no doubt that comes for the manager and, and the captain. We mentioned there earlier about the, the number of Ange signings that have, that have contributed and how well they've bedded in. I, I think a huge credit for that goes to McGregor because I think you can see visibly in front of you mm-hmm. just how, how much effort and how much thought he's putting in to, to knitting the squad together or, or keeping the squad together. I think behind the scenes, I, I, again, I have no... This isn't a Celtic Exchange exclusive, but I've, I've no doubt that... Um, McGregor it, it has really worked hard on that over the course of the season. Yeah, I think it's a part he's played a huge part and we referenced it a wee bit last week just about the fact that you know he reached out to several new signings before they even landed at Lennox Town just to welcome them to the club and I think that's been huge. Also huge for Abada has been his uh, big brother near Beaton <laughs> taking him under his wing. I think he took him to the Man City game <laughs> yesterday where he looks at just a, a cute couple of guys so <laughs> that's nice to see. Uh, last point on Saturday Muff. um Hopefully not too much of a negative, but David Turnbull also left the field injured just in the last minute or so. Uh, all subs had been used, so he basically just stepped off the park and that was his day done. Uh, he was on the end of a, a couple of heavy tackles. I don't think St Johnson were heavy-handed in general, but there were a couple of heavy challenges that Andrew Dallas saw fit not to, to do anything about. Sure. Um, do you think he would potentially be within a chance of starting next week? Uh, no, on the basis that I can only see that excuse me the, the starting three in midfield out of four that mm-hmm. being O'Reilly in addition to Hattati Rogic and McGregor um, I, I, that's not a reflection on the fact I don't think in time Turnbull will return to the starting lineup. I think he will because Ange trusts him and, and likes him but I think he's got work to do I think so there's no doubt and I think the stats doing the rounds I need to double check but he'd started something like 33 games under Ange before his injury and there's no doubt he was and maybe still is an Ange favourite but this team's changed in that short space of time so with the 15th of December I think he got injured against St Johnson in the League Cup semi-final and a lot has happened at Celtic Park since then and I think I think he's a real talent I'm a huge fan of David Turnbull and I've said it you know, several times now I also think he looked really lively on Saturday linking up play popping off the passes, finding space for the, the return on different things. I think he's a huge talent, but nobody will walk into the Celtic side nowadays. No, no, and, that, and this is the, the beauty of it. It's competition is high. Um, I was, I've said a few times on, on the show, I, I was quite critical of Turnbull um, in a team where last season he was one of the hopes, considering how bad it was, but this season I kind of felt like I just wanted him to see him take a bit more of a risk. Um, a lot of the time he was too comfortable in playing it back. Instead, they try to drive the ball forward or, or try and play into the, uh, the space behind the bank of four that we were up against. A, a lot of the time he just didn't want to take that on. Um, that's the huge measure for me. He gets that. He gets that in his game. Then he, he's knocking the door every week to play in that team, without a doubt. I think coming back from his injury, I, I do think he'll just be kind of used sparingly for the remainder of the season. Um, but a good summer ahead, hopefully for him. Hope so, and he's definitely got goals in his game. I think he's still fourth top scorer. I think uh, for a guy that's missed a lot of football, so that's a great bonus. You mentioned he was one of the few shining lights uh, of last season. The other shining light was Ishmael Asoro. Remember that guy? He has gone. He's as far out the picture as uh, Ayetis and Barkas and Bolling goalies. But I think we'll see those guys uh, move on in the summer. Um, maybe one or two others as well. Uh, so the post split fixtures have been released today. Um, Obviously, the top six was confirmed at the weekend, so we can now confirm that Celtic's run-in will be as follows. First game up, Ross County away, Sunday 24th of April, followed by that Rangers game at Celtic Park, Sunday 1st of May. And it's Hearts at Celtic Park, Saturday 7th of May, Dundee United away, Wednesday 11th, and then finally, Motherwell at home on Saturday 14th of May. You'll have seen as well that Sky Sports have confirmed that all five of Celtic's games will be shown 
uh, and that's kicked off a bit of storm on, on Twitter. They must just like watching Ange Miff. Can you blame them? I, can't, I cannot. Were they not due to play catch up with us though? Was there not a, something came out the other day that they've shown more? I think it was Rangers. something like 18 Rangers and uh, 14 Celtics, something like that. So listen, I'm never going to argue with too much Celtic being on the telly. Um, but with that, uh, you know, breakdown, that run of fixtures confirmed, it basically means in its simplest form, you win the first two, you win the league. Absolutely. It's... I like that equation. Yeah. Easy math, Smith. <laughs> um, Rangers... We take that, then. <laughs> so if we do, if we beat Ross County and we beat Rangers, they would be a minimum of nine points behind us. They need to take something from, or full points from Motherwell to avoid that. Um, but they'd be a minimum of nine points behind us with three games left to play and we're currently 19 goals better off. It's a hell of a position to be in, isn't it? Just shows you why games like Saturday are so important, just to just to not stop, keep going and, and you basically... We all speak about that the goal difference being a point. That's like another point coming on there on Saturday. Brilliant. But you're saying, Paddy, is we don't stop? Is that what you're saying? This is exactly what I'm saying, mate. To tie in nicely with the, the season ticket campaign. I thought, I thought that's what you're suggesting. That's exactly what I'm saying. Based, Miff, on current league form, Ross County away is a bit of a toughie, isn't Aye. it? Difficult game. Difficult game. Um, I must say I'm utterly shocked at the good job that Mackay's done there. Um, I, I just didn't see that working out for no. various reasons. Um but fair play. I mean, they looked they looked gone at one point in the season. They, were, yeah. they, they looked like they were going to tail off, and uh, they've come back and they've been on a, an excellent run of form. Albeit that when they came to Celtic Park, they were coming in a good run of form, and we, we kind of ran over the top of them. Different proposition up in Dingwall, but you know we've got our eyes on the prize. We we just need to continue to be relentless. Yeah, Paddy, do you see any potential slip ups either? I mean, all going well after those two games. Doesn't really matter, but mm. you know, what's your general take on the, the five games we face? Um, just yeah, I, I'm just looking at the two ahead to be honest. Um, with it in, in the league, I think yeah, Ross County is a difficult game up there, always is for any any team. I watched some of the, I watched their highlights against Aberdeen, they were very, very fortunate with the penalty. Um, never a handball to be honest, it was right at Johnny Hayes. I don't know if you've seen it, no, watch it, it's a disgraceful decision. Um, who's it if? Uh, can't actually remember can't remember who was in charge um, but it's a really bad decision and also his arm was outside the box as well so just just watch it you'll, you'll have a good laugh um, a double whammy aye so I think watching them they, they set up very well they're very hard to break down and that's what he's done really well for for Ross County in a season but they're, they're quick going forward um, I th thought that was probably one of our hardest games this season up at up at Dingwall and yeah I, I think we're probably a lot better than what we were then though and I, I, I'm confident that we should go and beat them but yeah it's still a difficult game yeah they'll be playing as well for potential Europe which is incredible yeah. given you know they spent most of the season down the bottom half um, that aside though Miff had somebody offered you this run of fixtures a six point lead a 19 goal lead at the start of the season you'd have bitten both their arms off absolutely and if Ross County do get into Europe and they go away would that be a staggy do? no <laughs> No. Just, just end it now, Tino. No. <laughs> Cut our chuckles up the back. Yeah. Right. Um, no, uh, absolutely. Look, we're, we're well ahead of schedule. We just need to be happy with that. You know, just keep your eyes on the prize. Keep going for it, lads. Get it done. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Paddy, we've obviously discussed Angie's you know, one game at a time approach. You've obviously got your two in a row scarf looked <laughs> out. You've got this season and a 20 point swing uh, next Paddy's season. Um but, you know, with Sunday in mind, you know, real focus must now turn to, you know, cup activity even just for, for this one week. They won't be looking any further than Sunday, will they? No, no chance, no chance. And 
we, we all talk like, oh, surely they're keeping an eye on this game, surely they're keeping an eye on the games coming up. It's definitely been a, a season of one game at a time for us. Um, and I think it will always be with this manager, to be honest. Um, the focus on each game we've went into, to go 32, 32 now, unbeaten. Um, 33? I think it's 33. 33 now, aye. I don't know why I pull you up on here in front. Everybody embarrass you in front of the <laughs> listeners, but <laughs> fine, I think it's 33. No problem. No bother. Aye, so I think it's... Um, it's testament just to how focused we've been this season. Um, and for me, yeah, it, nothing moves away for this game on Sunday. Um, I think we'll be ready for it. I do think it'll be a difficult game. I, I, I really do. But if we show up, we'll win. Yeah, I mean, if sometimes you're a wee bit pessimistic with things like that, it's fair to say. Um, but as Paddy says, we're in brilliant shape. Six points clear in the league. Full week to prepare for this one. Guys feeling confident. Everybody playing their part. How are you feeling about it? Well, I feel confident, certainly more confident than I've been at any stage in the season. Um, but I'm always in these situations. I try to just keep myself grounded. I'm not getting too, I'm not paddy. I'm not already celebrating one nil with 20 points next year. <laughs> I'm still just focusing in the, in the task in hand. Um, going back to the point about how focused the squad are and how true to their word that they are, you know, quite clearly you can see from photographs and social media that Ange is out with the family. On a Sunday at Silverburn Because he's getting his photos took right. When he's out there Maeda's getting photos took in Costco You know they're not sitting watching Waiting for the results coming in They're using their downtime As it should be used To get away from the football To switch off So that when they do come back in They're focused and they're ready For the task at hand So mm-hmm. um, Listen big games coming up But that's what this this is all, Stage of the season's all about And what we would Would have given You know Three or four games into the season To say You'd been with a shout To win a treble You know even the fact we're in the position we're in is, is unbelievable considering where we started. Yeah. You mentioned there the likes of, you know, Ange and uh, Maeda doing what they're doing on a Sunday and all that stuff. He references frequently the, the mantra of controlling the controllables. There's no point in stressing about things that you cannot, you know, affect or impact. And I think that's exactly what he's done within this dressing room. There's so much noise. Scottish football, West of Scottish football, West of Scotland football, there's just so so many you know, different factors and people looking to make headlines and different things. And I think Andrew just shut out the noise, Paddy, and just allowed the players to fully focus on, on what they're doing. Totally agree. Um, what was spoke about quite a lot this season was the the basically the jackpot of winning this league and what it, what it means um, for both clubs to try and get that amount of money, of £40 million, um, for the Champions League. That's all disappeared now. The narrative's totally changed again. And it's more that about, I was reading an article today about showing clubs should be showing a lot more respect to Rangers for the position they're in. We don't put ourselves into these positions. That's what our media does. And I just think that our team is so, so distanced away from all of that. It's been brilliant. Us fans obviously will buy in and read in and be be like, no, totally disagree. That's that's what we do. That's where we're allowed to have vent our anger, vent our fury, stuff that's been said with stuff like that. But I kind of think to someone like Lennon last season, would have something to say about some of the stuff that's been released lately and just w- would distract from what the more important thing is, but it's just, you're just not going to get that with this guy. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't take anything that they say seriously. And it's, uh, um, yeah, it basically just keeps the team grounded. As yeah. you said, Miff. I read the article, I think it's Keith Jackson's article in the record. And he's basically come out and said the whole of Scottish football should be behind Rangers and, and, you know, fingers crossed for a big one against Braga. That's just not how football works. He was saying, you know, it's, it's the, you know, some some bigots and some sectarian people that you know that aren't for Rangers. 
we're not bigoted, we're not sectarian, but we definitely don't want them to win because that's just football and it's rivalry and that's how sport goes. So you can't be criticising guys for not wanting their biggest rivals, whatever version, to be winning in Europe. It's just, that's just not the way it works. No, it's not how it works and it's never worked like that. So. Yeah. Anyway, that aside, while we're on these kind of points, another point to definitely address is this narrative that the automatic place in Europe, the coefficient thing, is all down to Rangers' handiwork over the last oh. couple of years. If you look into it and you follow guys like Moravchik25 on, on Twitter, who's a brilliant guy for mm. European stuff, Celtic have achieved more coefficient points than Rangers in the last five years. Jackson references in the article like all Rangers' good work come to nothing. He needs to get his facts right and others need to, to start telling the truth. Yeah. You know, just to be blunt about it. There's a huge reason. There's a huge reason. Yeah. It, it's not up at the numbers that it is now. They weren't there and that was their own doing. Celtic deserve on. as much credit as anybody <laughs> for getting this automatic Champions League play. So if Celtic do go on to secure the league, the league title before next year's party, mm-hmm. they fully deserve what they're going to get in terms of that Champions League group entry. I don't think I've got anything to say here, lads. I think I'll just sit back. <laughs> That's absolutely <laughs> fine. Um, there's a suggestion that there is more pressure on Rangers going into the game than there is on us. You know, obviously, we're in a very healthy position league-wise. We're not, you know, in a lot of people would say the Scottish Cup would be a bonus, but now that you're here, you know, you're definitely viewing it as something that we should absolutely be targeting. But that being the case, Miff, do you think there is pressure, though, on Rangers to, to come out and have a go at us again and, and open up? Um, th- there's pressure on Rangers just to win the game. How, how they go about it, I honestly don't think their fans will care. I think the you were probably looking at the, the game in February at Celtic Park and... The school of thought for Rangers fans was they gave us too much respect. They sat and they didn't really play in a style they would normally be associated with. Um, they've then done that at home, come out all guns blazing, and it's actually more or less played into our hands because it's allowed them to run out of steam after about 15 minutes mm-hmm. and for Celtic to gain control of the game. So I think Rangers probably are under pressure to win the game because they've lost the first in the, the kind of triple header. So that puts a, an immediate pressure on them because straight away, the way that it works in Glasgow is the team that doesn't win is under the most pressure yeah, yeah. and the manager has to find a solution. Mm-hmm. I think what Van Bronckhorst will be asking himself is what is that solution based on how he's played already against Celtic and not won either of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, what is key is that we don't change and I don't think we will. We've shown that we can stand up to an onslaught from Rangers when, when we're under pressure. I think that's a, that's a big thing. You know, they, they, they threw a lot at us at Ibrox and, and we stood up to it. Um, and I think if they come out as all guns blazing, I, th- I think we might catch them. So, ju- uh, you know, really intriguing to see how it plays out. Just as long as we keep our heads and don't do anything silly, we should win the game. Yeah. What do you think, Paddy? I think that's right. I don't think, in fact, I'd bet the house on it. We won't change what we do. It's just, we know Angie's system, his style, his setup, his approach. Um, but what about Rangers and, and how they might approach this game given, you know, everything that's going on around it. So this could be five out of six trebles for us and this could be them still trying to get uh, what is it, one trophy they've had in, in 11 seasons. The pressure is very much on them in my opinion. Um, I think for us, we spoke about this during the week. Um, we got that lead at half time last week at Ibrox and for me, Ange basically said, let them come at you mm-hmm. for the second half. I think that's different on Sunday. I do. I think it's different in the sense that it was probably Anne's thinking. You see, if we if it did go to a draw here, we'd probably have, if sorry if equalised, we'd probably still be able to come out, play some good football, and try and go for the 
go for the third goal, which we were doing anyway, mm-hmm. to, to an extent with some of, that, some of the uh, chances missed. I just think that we will, could possibly just be too much for them, especially if they've got a long night on Thursday night against Braga. Um, and that's a great position to be in. I, I don't think he changes much from how we played on Saturday, but I definitely think at Ibrox he, he, he said, step off, mm-hmm. step off, let him come on, because they had to do all the work we didn't. I thought that, that was interesting, Paddy. Um, you know, so many people have said Ange doesn't have a plan B, it's just this relentless attack in football yeah. and he's got no, you know, no consideration for the defensive approach to the game. That clearly wasn't the case in the second half at Ibrox because he absolutely invited that pressure, mm-hmm. you know, and he instructed his team to do so. And you've seen how narrow the team went, you know, from Taylor and Juranovic in the, at the fullback positions. They've deliberately stood off the wingers and said, fire it in the box yeah. and you'll see what you get from it. We, we did it um we did it in the home game Aye. as well, the second half, when, when Ryan Jack won the second half, nothing each. Yep. Um, That's right, we, 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 we kind of shot off. off the crossbar, ah, yeah. goal, goal of the season. Yep. So, it, you know, it's, it's not unknown for him to, for him to do it. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting, but he obviously, I think, will take the game in the usual approach to begin with. Yeah. And if we then need to change the system to defend the lead or something, we're more than capable of doing so. A big factor for me last Sunday as well, as I, I kind of say to you as well, Tino, um, one of the things for me is the minute Carter Vickers... And in the first half, this is the minute Carter Vickers and Starfelt realised they had more pace than Kemal Roof. That was it. The ball was coming out quite comfortably for the rest of that first half. That's all they need to do again. The, the interesting thing for me is that Roof having scored um, at the weekend might have a wee bit more confidence about him than what he did. He just looked to me, he almost looked like he knew Starfelt and Carter Vickers had the better of him before the game had even started. He, he, I mean, I, I don't think Roof's the worst player in the world. No, he, he's not no, Morelos. No. You know, he's not going to give you as much physical are as much of a physical threat as, as Morelos would. He'll run those channels and he'll get the defenders turning. You know, Ruff looks like he needs to kind of ball into feet, but he's, he's a tidy player and he's on the ball. For me, just Morelos missing just makes it a completely different game. Aye. You know, they, they, they've not got that quick ball forward to get them up and get, get support in. So if we control the game, what we have shown is that our movement is such that we will create chances against them. What you're just hoping is that, that we, we, we take them in a timely enough fashion and that, that should see us through. A big factor for them, I think, yesterday, though, was actually the, the, the delivery of somebody like Barisic coming in for the left. I think that, that was a lot worked a lot better for them. And we see what happened to Barisic at Celtic Park. So it just kind of... I think that's... Roof got a lot more better service um, yesterday for them, for, for the goals I'd seen. And it was a lot that was coming from, from their left-hand side. I think they feel a lot more comfortable... Um, and been able to use uh, he's got a very good delivery on him Barisic but I still think he's a definite player that we can we can get at quite easily um, so I'm not too worried about Ruth again I, I don't think he's a, a bad striker but I do think he needs a good delivery into the box and he wasn't getting that last Sunday, uh, last Sunday I'll, tell you, I'll tell you he does need skinhead <laughs> just buzz that off and start again just get rid of it so. just get rid of it I think so or get yourself out of Turkey <laughs> Paddy you referenced the uh the Braga game that Rangers have on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. How big a factor do you think that that extra week that we have to prepare will have on the the game? So they'll be, you know, they're at home, so no travelling. But it's a game that will take a lot out of them physically and mentally. Maybe even more so, depending on the result. You know, yeah. if it doesn't go their way, that's a that's a big blow. How much of an impact do you think that could have in terms of the prep for both teams? Huge, because I don't think Braga are going to come and they're not going to try and come for a goal. No, it'll be kind of like. Uh, the way we went over to Boa Vista in the sense we were up, up against it. Back in the day. Back in the day. But just one of those games, Portuguese teams will probably just try and see it out. They've got their goal. That's all they want to sit on. Um, and Rangers will have to throw everything at it on Thursday. I've I, I seen a bit of the 
Braga Rangers game and I didn't think the Braga centre halves were up to much look pretty yeah. slow and cumbersome so their keeper was okay um, I, I, he mm. came out for the cross, crosses quite well um, so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Rangers went through I suppose the opposite could happen then if you get a if they get a big result on Thursday and go through that could seriously lift them so you know you talk about energy levels mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. the physical prep and there's no doubt that we've got the luxury of that this week but a big one for them on Thursday could have a, a bearing on it, how they approach it. It could do, but it's not going to change how we approach it. So I, I think that's the key in yeah. it all, is that we're, you know, we're going to play in a certain way where we're going to go and try and win the game. What Rangers do is obviously got to be down to them, but I just think it's intriguing. They've kind of tried two different ways against us that haven't worked. That's just the interesting thing. You know, things can happen in football games, you know, player having a, you know, making a stupid decision when he's left one-on-one, mm-hmm. you know, red cards, refereeing decisions, that type of thing, marginal offsides. It's just, it's just going to be interesting to see how the styles mesh again. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah, but hope he. Uh, in terms of our lineup, Miff, so looks like Jack Amakis might be a doubt for it as discussed. Potentially Turnbull, James Forrest also seems to be struggling at the moment. Do you think he'll give Kyogo the start, or do you think he might move Maeda into the middle and go a bad? No, I think he'll move Maeda into the middle. Is my own personal opinion. Yeah. Um, I think however, so I think Jack Amakis specifically against Rangers is a big miss. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Paddy? Do you think he'll go with Kyogo from the start, or is it Maeda through the middle? Um, I think I think Kyogo's probably been fit enough for quite a wee bit. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you probably seen him start just to give something something else for Rangers to think about. And then you've got that luxury of being able to maybe move Maeda in later because you're going to get the full ninety from Maeda quite happily, full hundred and twenty minutes. Aye. <laughs> um, and then I quite like the idea of someone like Abada coming on again and just being fresh and and pushing from maybe the, the right maybe bringing uh, Jot over to the left I, I I wouldn't be too unhappy if we started Kyogo I think it would I, I think it would be good you'll never see me upset at Kyogo starting oh, no, no, Celtic you know what I mean but, but I think uh, I think he'll start on the bench I think he's just he's he's sharp and physically fit but match fitness is a different thing and I think given what happened with his, his hamstring previously mm-hmm. I think he might just be a wee bit cautious of him uh, and then if he needs to bring him in he might do the other big question Paddy I think is the the Matt O'Reilly uh, versus Tom Rogic thing so he's chopped and changed between the two of them you know since the, the turn of the year O'Reilly certainly staked a claim with his second half performance Two goals were excellent actually, but the, the second one being the, the kind of pick of the bunch. Do you think O'Reilly gets the nod or will he stick with Rodic, who as we know is the man for the big occasion against Rangers? I think it'll be Tam. I do. I just think he's um he's get the one of his best performances against him last Sunday. And uh, a nice, you know, nice wee game for him uh, on Saturday. I think uh, he'll be he'll be gunning for them again. Um different player this season. Different player. We know how good he is, but he's just been he's been outstanding this year. I think he definitely starts for me. Yeah. He's got six goals against Rangers, Muff. Will he make it seven on Sunday? Humanity peaked when they made Tom Rogic. <laughs> <laughs> sure did. So is that your uh, is that your clever way of saying you think he'll start Tom Rogic? Yeah. I think he will and I think he should. Um, but it's great to have an option like O'Reilly waiting in the wings if need be or if, if he just wants to freshen it up. Those debates aside, so you know whether Kyogo starts or uh, Maeda through the middle, whether Rogic starts or O'Reilly, do you think the rest of the team picks itself pretty much at this moment in time? Yeah, I do. I do. Although I, I was very happy in the way uh, Ralston come on and played uh, at Ibrox, um, especially his tackle. <laughs> <laughs> Ludicrous tackle. Uh, great tackle. Um, but I just think that's one of the ones Taylor and Jaranovic have been very, very settled of late, especially T- Taylor, I have to say. Um, he's played very well in the running and I hope it continues. I think when you've seen 
pains me to say, but a lot of Rangers' success last year, league-wise, is just because they had this settled back four. You know, it was uh, Tavernier, Goldson, somebody else, <laughs> and somebody else left back, and Barisic at left back. But it was just a steady four that picked itself week on week. We've now got that four. Mm-hmm. I'd be amazed if there's any change from Juranovic, uh, Starfelt and Keller Vickers in the centre, and Greg Taylor at left back, and obviously Joe Hart behind them as well. And I just think that stability and that foundation is just what's allowed everything ahead of it to flow you know just it gives the creative players license to know that they can go, and, can go and do what they want take chances to an extent knowing you've got that safety net at the back yeah and it, I think for all that uh, the defence was, was subject to a lot of scrutiny and criticism at the start of the season clearly Angie's method is about the structure of the team defending rather than it just being about who happens to be playing centre half and, and leaving it to them um, I think we all made our piece at the start of the season or well we tried to that it would be kind of seat your pants stuff watching the team defending but as, as the season's progressed you see that there is a, a fairly solid structure there um, and to be fair to Juranovic Taylor they've been a huge part of that because they've been able to implement what the style that Ange wants that, you know he's mentioned the fact he was a fullback as well he, he tries to get his fullbacks more involved in the game they've been able to implement that but also Ralston you know you have to mention Ralston as well just because of how, how he played specifically at the start of the season Um the the key to the the whole thing is just the fact that the players have a unequivocal belief in the manager's method of playing the game, and that's allowed the defence to flourish. I mean, you can even see Hart's doing things that he's clearly not or wasn't comfortable in doing. He's gained a confidence for doing that. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's the same way. Not necessarily Iranovic because you know he's an international fullback. You would expect him to be adaptable. But Taylor was regarded by everyone as fairly limited. Um, but he's, he's shown a wee bit more his game this season. Confidence. Um, and it, it, it comes to confidence, Aye. but also being coached, you know, True. being, being coached in a manner where somebody's probably seen something a bit different and you that in itself gives you confidence to say, he thinks I can do more than just, you know, win a 50-50 and launch a ball up the line. I mean, at times on Saturday, you've seen Greg Taylor in the 10, in the number 10 <laughs> position. Had you told, told him at the start of the season, some guy called Ange Postacoglis coming on for Australia, and at times he want you to play in the 10, yeah, that's just... <laughs> scrapped it and started again and I think the fact that not only does he find himself in the 10 he's receiving the ball and making good use of it yes. you know it's not just you know he's there just because we need somebody else to be there at this moment in time he's there and he's doing a very good job and, and, and all credit to, to Miff for uh, finding Greg Taylor for Celtic and, and championing the lad <laughs> but I suppose it's an example of Taylor's just one small example of the fact that everybody has bought in and everybody knows their role and as mentioned at the kind of top of the show here it's really exciting just now. Saturday is phenomenal stuff, seven goals. And it's just only going to improve as you start to get, A, the guys that are there getting more used to it and bringing more and more talent. And it's just, you know, such an exciting time for the club. So long may that continue. Miff, all things said and done in terms of the lineup and potential lineup for Sunday, you know, the formation and whatever else, what is your scoreline prediction? 2-0, Celtic. Paddy? I agreed, 2-0, Celtic. That keeps it nice and boring, you two. Sorry, the I, I, out. I was going. Uh, any thoughts on who the scorers may be? Maida and Tam. Greg Taylor double. Uh, yes, but in the absence of that, I'll go for Rogic and Shota. Rogic, the man of the big occasion. I think you can definitely see something in that. I'm going for 3 1. Uh, I was going to go 3 0, but I just think it, it would and should be played out like a cup tie, and it might be a wee bit rough and tumble at times, and, and you never know. So 3 1 will be my prediction for that one. Any thoughts on that, Miff? 
I'll take it. You look like you're about to I'll pass take it. No, no, no. I'll take it. <laughs> um, before we finish up, Paddy, I believe you've got some new phone covers there. Would you like to talk us through them? Absolutely. Uh, just a big shout out to the guys. It's my QVC moment here. I'm trying to find the right <laughs> camera. Um, so for the listeners here, we'll put up a wee post on uh, our social media sites here. But a shout out to Tech Tech. Uh, they sent us these in. Just uh, So if guys are looking for some nice mobile phone covers, we've got this one here. And we've got this absolute belter here. And we've got the our leader, which is Ange Bosakoglu here. And we've got also this one here. Give the wee guys a follow on the likes of Instagram, Twitter and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, have a look at what they've got. Some great stuff for them. And cheers again, boys. What I will say is my iPhone is so ancient that uh, mine's only up to date <laughs> with the, the model that they've made. So um, your iPhone case, I'm, 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 I'm no part of this cartel here, lad. They, yeah. do, have, they do have different different selection we'll get you one with well in that case then uh, sort me <laughs> and uh, beautifully done there Paddy thanks mate I liked it QVC watch your back <laughs> uh, Matthew we start to wrap things up for today obviously another crucial week in the, the context of the season but what's your final thoughts for the week final thoughts for the week uh, I was going to try and think of something quite profound to say there but all I would say is uh, <laughs> don't worry about it die, looking forward to die looking forward to it I know it was, it felt, it felt like that there was a wee <laughs> silence there was going to do like a can I am jolly type thing um, no just uh, really looking forward to the game um, even more buzzing it, it's a break for the wee man's football as well this weekend I'm not I'm no running about but I'd have to you get a Monday I'll off be, I'll be able to relax I um, get the Monday off so uh, just looking forward to the weekend to come looking forward to the game sorry that was a bit of a tangent there, Aye, but I, Paddy anything more profound than that nonsense um, well on to our next slot on QBC <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah um, great week ahead for us um, it's just I've said it again many a times in this show it's just amazing we're in this position this year and it's a credit to the players and the manager and just that uh, one mate continue to you know yeah, bring on two in a row Paddy. bring on two in a row yeah. So with the league table currently making for very enjoyable reading, all eyes now turn to Hamden, where Celtic could take a massive step towards securing yet another treble if they can take care of Rangers in Sunday's Scottish Cup semi-final. With Celtic playing the way they are, and with the added bonus of a return on Kyogo Furuhashi, then they've got every chance of doing so. Thanks to Miff and Paddy for joining me today and thanks to you for continuing to follow and support the Celtic Exchange. If you're enjoying what we do and want to help us spread the word, please help us do so by sharing this episode with just two of your Celtic supporting pals this week. It really goes a long way to helping us do what we do. But in the meantime, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Podcast Network.